0: What's up Raider Nation, Matt Holder here from Silver and Black Pride to bring you our Friday news, injury report, and mailbag podcast. Reminder, you can tweet your questions at me, at mholder95, or email them to sbpquestions1 at gmail.com, again that's sbppquestions1 at gmail.com, to have your Raiders questions answered on the show. With that, let's get to it. If you follow my writing or follow me on Twitter, you've probably noticed that I've been all about Hunter Renfro after Monday night's game, so I figured it's only fitting that I start the podcast with a little Hunter Renfro stat. ESPN's Field Yates tweeted earlier this week that there are 8 players who have at least 5 catches in the game every game this season, Devontae Adams, DJ Moore, Justin Jefferson, Devo Samuel, Cooper Cup, Calvin Ridley, Brandon Cooks, and you guessed it, Hunter and Renfro. He's currently on pace for 93 catches this season and has been one of the most consistent players for the Raiders so far. And it's awesome to see that Renfro is starting to get some national attention. On Tuesday, the Raiders signed cornerback Brandon Faison off the Chargers practice squad. I'm actually going to talk about this situation a lot today as the reason Faison was brought on board is because Trayvon Mullen is injured and might miss some time. And someone asked me about Faison in the mailbag. But to sum things up for now, the team is banged up in the secondary and Faison has some experience playing for Gus Bradley as he's been with the Chargers since 2018. After the game on Monday night, Chargers pass rusher Joey Bosa had some harsh criticism of Grader's quarterback Derek Carr, stating, We knew once we hit him a few times, he really gets shook. And you saw on Christian Covington's sack, he was pretty much curling into a ball before we even got back there. Great dude, great player, but we know once you get pressure on him, he kind of shuts down. Carr responded later to Bosa's comments and said that he loves Joey and they've gone back and forth talking crap to each other over the years and that Bosa was probably just overly emotional after the win and mad that he was talking crap to him the whole game. As you might have imagined, Carr wasn't particularly thrilled with the comments and said the Charger is entitled to his opinion, but it did piss the quarterback off and that's a good thing. It's certainly shaping up to be a fun last game of the regular season on January 9th when these two teams play again and the Raiders' Chargers rivalry lives on. If you listened to last week's episode, you heard me say that I expect to see some changes along the Raiders' offensive line if things didn't improve, and after the loss in Los Angeles, it sounds like Gruden has had enough. According to the Las Vegas Review-Journal's bon- Vinny Bonsinger, Alex Litherwood it was practicing at right guard, and Brandon Parker was at right tackle. Bonsinger would later reveal that John Simpson was still at left guard, meaning Jermaine Luminor is the odd man out and getting relegated to the second string. ESPN's Paul Gutierrez also shoot a video of the offensive line doing some drills with what looked like the first unit. The video showed Leatherwood at guard and Parker at tackle, as we now expect, but also Nick Martin and Lester Cotton could be seen hanging near the first group and looking like they were working their way into the rotation. It's also worth noting that they were the only backups that could be seen. At the end of Gutierrez's video, you could see Martin walk up to replace center Andre James for a few reps. There wasn't much chatter about who's starting at center, so I'd assume it's still James' job for now, but it at least seems like he might be on a short leash. Offensive coordinator Greg Olson was asked about the changes up front and said that the team is just trying to find different ways to get their five best guys out there. With Khalil Mack, Robert Quinn, and the rest of the Bears defensive line coming into town, the Raiders might as well try something new, but we'll see who plays and what happens on Sunday. Alright, we're on to the injury report and we'll start with the guy we know the most about so far, running back Peyton Barber. Barber left Monday's game with a toe injury, and NFL Network's Ian Rappaport tweeted that Barber has mild turf toe. There was a fear that he broke the toe, so this isn't the worst news that could happen, but Barber is still expected to miss at least a few weeks. Running back Jalen Rashard did return to practice from his injury last week, so he could potentially be activated to replace Barber, but that is yet to happen. Rookie Trey Ragus is still on the practice squad, and is another option as well. As I mentioned at the top of the show, Trayvon Mullen is banged up and has missed practice all week with a toe injury. While Gruden didn't name Mullen specifically in this statement, the coach did say this week that the team has some long-term injury concerns, and then they signed Brandon Faison, so that tells me Mullen probably won't play on Sunday and could be out for a little longer. Backup Damon Arnett also left the game against the Chargers early and has missed practice all week with a groin injury, so that would leave Amy Robinson as a likely replacement to Mullen in the starting lineup. Robinson did well as a replacement in Los Angeles considering the circumstances, so hopefully he will be up to speed and ready to go against Chicago. I wouldn't be surprised to see Nate Hobbs take some reps on the outside either. Hobbs was listed on the injury report with a shoulder injury this week, but was a full participant in practice. To wrap up all the DMPs of the week, Derek Carey hasn't practiced with a pec injury, so his status for the game is now in question. That would mean more reps for second-year tight end Nick Bowers if Carey can't go on Sunday. Safety-slash-linebacker Jonathan Abram has been limited so far in practice with a shoulder injury, while running back Josh Jacobs' ankle and offensive tackle Colton Miller' knee were limited on Wednesday but a full go on Thursday. Cornerback Casey Hayward wasn't listed on the report Wednesday, and neither was defensive end Yannick Ngakwe, but both made an appearance on Thursday. Hayward was a full participant with a knee injury, and Ngakwe sat out for rest and a knee injury. To wrap up the injury report, the following guys were listed but full participants all week. Fullback Alec Ingold with the shoulder, linebacker Corey Littleton, shoulder and rib, wide receiver Hunter Renfro, ankle, tight end Darren Waller, knee, and that'll do it for the injury report this week. Alright, on to your questions, and reminder, tweet your questions at me, at mholder95, or email them to sbppquestions1 at gmail.com. First question, with Barber and Jacobs banged up, do you think we will she restart and Ragus? Well, for one, they both have to be activated, right? Ragus, or excuse me, Richard obviously has the injury designation, and while he's been back to practice, he hasn't been activated quite yet, just as clocks start ticking to when he has to be activated and elevated to the 90-man roster, but he could definitely still be in, fill in, especially since, you know, the Raiders are going to be down and running back and whatnot, and they could use him in pass protection because we all seen how Kenyon Drake uh, pass box, just a reminder to go back and watch the, uh, the uh, Dolphins game if you forget, and then Josh Jacobs is obviously banged up, so... That's one place where Richard could really step in and help out the team. But just a matter of how healthy he ends up being, obviously not being there and Gruden not giving a whole lot of information when it comes to injuries, especially guys that he doesn't have to, like Richard, who's not technically on the roster. I don't know what that likelihood of that is happening, but I could definitely see it happening this week. Ragus, I feel like it'd be a little bit more of a stretch for him to be able to play. Obviously, they brought in Bar- Barber for his blocking, so they don't quite trust Ragus there yet at this point. Plus, if they brought him up, they'd have to activate him. And then if they want to cut him, depending on the or then depending on what they want to do with him after the game, they might have to cut him and put him on waivers, which then means they would risk giving him up. And who knows if they want to risk that or if they want to stash him for the future. Obviously, with the Gruden's mentality, I think that's definitely possible. He's definitely in win now mode. So if he does feel like Ragus gives him a good chance to win and better chance to win, maybe in path protection than a Kenyon Drake will or even uh, Josh Jacobs, then he'll do it. He'll pull the trigger. I have no doubt about that. Just there there does come with some risk with that. But ultimately, I think it's probably just going to stay Jacobs and, uh, and Kenyon Drake so far. Obviously, with Jacobs being upgraded to a full participant, I think he'll be in a full workload and see back to what we saw more of more last year and probably more towards the first week of the season. But who knows? I definitely think we'll be probably be waiting. I think we'll probably be waiting a full year, and you know, be talking about Trey Ragus for next year, and talking about him in the preseason and whatnot. But I would be, I wouldn't be surprised, I should say, if uh, Rashard ends up getting activated in the next day or two and ends up playing on playing on Sunday against the Bears. Do you have information on the new cornerback facing? Looks like another Bradley guy, but couldn't find much information on him. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of information out there. You know, I can't say I knew a lot about him when the Raiders signed him. Um, so what I do in those situations is I like going off uh, what PFF has to say. Obviously, I never take that as the Bible, but it at least gives me a good start for someone who uh, I don't know a whole lot about and give me a little bit of insight. And he graded out all right. He's been all right for th- in their system. It's just he's played under 400 snaps in his career in the regular season. Check the preseason too. Same kind of thing. Brought the same... Um, you know, looks like a solid player, looks like a guy that could contribute. But I think kind of like what you said in your question here, and like what I talked about at the top, was I think his biggest strength right now is he knows Gus Bradley's system. And, you know, I imagine Gus Bradley had some good things to say about him. That's why they brought him in. And I think right now his biggest strength is he's gonna be a guy that's one healthy and two knows what he's doing out there, so he can at least not be a liability out there and at least be in the right spot. Who knows if he'll be able to make the play. But at least at the very least right now, you wouldn't have to worry about coverage bus with a guy that knows the system. Whereas you might with somebody who might also not be good or also might not be that talented and not know what he's doing out there. So I think that's the biggest thing for him is he's going to come in and know what to do and being able to get in the right spots and not have to uh, deal with a learning curve on the system and whatnot. And right now the Raiders with their defensive backs, especially at the corners and how banged up they are, they're kind of at the warm body stage, right? Just anybody who can go out there and know what they're doing. And I mean, I think that's going to be his biggest role. I wouldn't expect much from him, but we'll see what happens. Maybe he'll get some reps on uh, Sunday against the Bears, and hopefully makes a big play and surprises us all. What's the biggest difference you see from the Raiders when you compare the first quarter to the rest of the game? Is it play calling or execution? Well, I think anytime with these questions, it's always a little bit of a mixture of both. I think the. Other than this last week against the Chargers, where, if again, if you follow my writing, you know I was not happy with Gruden's, uh, Gruden's game plan and uh, play calling, I think for the most part what the Raiders have been trying to do um, schematically has been working in the first quarter. It's just, you know, Derek Carr seems to be kind of starting off a little bit slower in games and then picking it up in the latter part of the game, so I don't mean to say that he's playing bad by any means, but I definitely think it's probably a little bit more towards the execution, you know, especially at home. You know, I think back to the Steelers game where... They actually, I feel like, started out fairly well in that game. I think they led at the beginning of the game, if I remember correctly, and whatnot. But I do think it probably has a little bit more to do with execution. Maybe they're just one of these teams that you know starts off slow, and obviously that can come back to bite them, and they take a little bit to get, get used to the game. But I do think there is some sort of schematic um, rationale to that too. I think Rudin, the way he kind of operates and the way he likes to kind of be the mastermind the puppet master of his offense, is he's going to show you one thing in the beginning of the game and then kind of to set you up for something later in the game. You know, maybe he's going to run the ball a little bit more to help lighten that box and then be able to uh, hit some deep passes over the middle or, or deep passes later in the game and whatnot. But I definitely get the feeling it's a little bit more execution at this point. And again, this is Sands, uh, Sands last Monday night against the Chargers when I thought the game plan was terrible. But I think for the most part, the Raiders just are coming out and, you know, a little bit shaky especially at home i don't know maybe and maybe they're enjoying vegas a little bit too much on saturday nights having to play with a little hangover and whatnot but i think for the biggest part is you know the raiders just they just seem like a team and i think especially with Derek carr the way i've seen him play this year it seems like he needs to to get a drive or two to maybe kind of get the feel of it and get get in the rhythm and whatnot which isn't abnormal by any means but certainly can get frustrating from a fan's perspective and when you're watching the games and they end up digging themselves in these holes but I definitely think a little bit of the blame can go around. But if I had to pick one, I'm gonna say lean on the execution right now. And I think the Raiders can figure it out. You know, it's just a matter of maybe they start their their pregame routine about 15 minutes earlier or whatnot. But I think uh, it might be something we have to live with. But I'm I'm interested to see how. Uh, how Gruden attacks it this week against the Bears because obviously this has been a problem and I think they'll come out swinging a little bit more. I think he'll come out and probably change his scheme up a little bit, maybe take a little bit more shots and kind of work backwards from what he's been doing and try and soften the Bears up to start the game. And then hopefully Derek Carr comes out ready to go and comes out slinging and whatnot and uh, the Raiders can stop digging themselves in these damn 14 nothing holes. Now that we know about Leatherwood and Parker, what other changes could you see the Raiders making to the offensive line? Well, To be honest with you, pretty much anyone but Colton Miller is eligible to be swapped out right now. Um, You know, Like I was talking about before, Lester Cotton was kind of hanging around, lurking around and whatnot behind John Simpson. John Simpson hasn't played great either. I could see them giving Lester Cotton a shot. He's a guy that's been around for a while. I believe he's been on the practice squad for about all for the last three years. So I could see them maybe giving him his opportunity soon and whatnot. And then for him, it's just about making the most of it, right? This is what he's been waiting for and whatnot. And I mean, he definitely has a great chance. John Simpson was supposed to be a backup to start this year or two. And obviously Richie Incognito is still out. So could be a huge opportunity for Lester Cotton. I could see them calling him up for the practice squad. And then the other one, I think is the obvious one that a lot of people are pointing out. And that's Andre James getting swapped out for uh, Nick Martin. Nick Martin, obviously a veteran guy. You kind of know what you're going to get from Nick Martin. And that's just really more of a solid player. But, I mean, right now that would be an upgrade of what they're getting from Andre James. Um, I, I, I really do think Andre James has to be on a short lease at this at some point. Gruden doesn't seem to care about where you were drafted or how much money you're making, so I don't think the contract extension is really going to play that much of a deal moving forward, and James's playing time, and at some point he's going to have to turn around and, re- and produce. Um, if he can't keep it done or keeps getting the effort that he has been, I mean, I don't know how you don't make the move to Nick Martin. At least give Nick Martin a few reps to see what he's got and uh, see if he can play. But we'll see what happens. I definitely think at some point or at this game, maybe we could even see it. I could see them swapping out James at halftime for Martin if uh, things aren't going well. But I'll be interested to see who's going to be active on, uh, on Sunday. And I'll be interested to see if in the next day or two we get... Um, Lester Cotton called up or another offensive lineman because I, I really still don't think they're done making changes up there and uh, we'll see how Leatherwood does at guard but if he's not cutting it there either uh, the Raiders are going to have some serious problems and I mean Brandon Parker's not a sure thing but I do like him I think he's been a lot improved and improved since his rookie year um, obviously not quite the same scale as Colton Miller but he was up there for one of the worst tackles the same year as uh, Colton Miller so we'll see how how it goes Obviously, Khalil Mack's going to be a tough t- test for Parker, but I expect the Raiders to u- use a lot of Max protection this week, and uh, we'll get a real test to see how these offensive line shuffle, shuffle uh, ends up working. We'll see if it even sticks, because as Greg Olson kind of uh, hinted at or alluded to in his comments, it doesn't sound like it's permanent right now, and at this point, they're just trying to figure out who the best five guys are. And I'll be honest, you know, you kind of wish that happened in training camp, but Wouldn't be the Raiders without a little drama, right? Alright, that does it for this week. Make sure you follow me on Twitter, AdamHolder95. Follow Silver and Black Pride. Please rate, review, subscribe, and download. Other than that, until next time.